Hello once again, this is Jason Stone. I also like to go by Magic Lasagna online. It's like my gamer tag and my moniker for TikTok and you know a few other things that I use. Um, tonight my podcast will be about buyers. People that buy things from you. When I say that buyers are liars, that's an old saying in the business. Because... Someone that's a buyer, you know, they will come up with the wildest excuses to not do business with you if they don't like you or they don't like the product or they don't like the price, stuff like that. Um, And when I say the wildest excuses, I'll give a few examples of it. But absolutely the most bonkers things um, will be said by them, and it's sometimes really hilarious uh, that being said, some of them, um, they just don't like you. I mean, it's pretty easy to go with that. But, uh, you know, a few things that I've heard over the years, you know, via phone, um, via in-person, you know, or, uh, you know, just uh, via email, so on and so forth, uh, typically result in the customer buying from somewhere else in a lot of cases. I'll give you an example. I had this customer that was uh, talking to me all day long, seemed super excited to come and buy a car. Um, They were supposed to be there at like, let's say one o'clock. Okay, so, you know, like 105, 110 rolls around. Uh, Normally, you know, text or call them just to check in, see if they're still swinging by the dealership, Um, especially if they've had contact with me all day now. Um, normally I call well ahead of time just to confirm the appointment. Uh, we also normally have someone else call to confirm an appointment if it's set. Um, so I normally call well ahead of time just to confirm that they're actually coming. And a lot of times, uh, they will. They'll say, yeah, we're coming. So this particular customer, um, said, yeah, we're coming. When 10 rolls around, I I call them on the phone. I say, um, they don't answer. I leave a voicemail, so I text them. And uh, the the woman customer, she says, "Listen, we're still coming. Uh, my boyfriend fell down the stairs and broke his ribs. We had to go to the hospital." Of course, you know me being the person that I am, I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Is he okay?" She said, "Yeah, it's just some broken ribs. We need to get him patched up real quick, and uh, then we will be by the dealership. We really want to buy that car." I was like, great, no problem. Um, You know, text me when you can be here. Um, I'll try to keep the car up front for you so you can come see it pretty quick, and it'll be a seamless process. Well, a few hours roll by. I think it's like 4.30 or 5 o'clock by this point. And I just decide to text the customer. Say, hey, is your boyfriend okay? The customer then texts me back. Um... Don't worry about it. We bought a car from somewhere else. Now, I don't know if you've ever bought a car before, but car buying is a lengthy and tedious process, especially if you want to actually have a good experience. So that being said, at that point, I knew that the customer had been dealing with another dealership for you know several hours ahead of time, which I mean means they also lied about the boyfriend falling down the stairs and shattering his rib cage or whatever it was. Um, so that being said, there was something about it, something about me, 
something about the car, something they didn't like, so they decided to shop elsewhere, which is absolutely fine. I encourage people to shop elsewhere as well because I do know that my product is strong and I do know um, that we're going to give them service that nobody else would give them. It's just something that we do. It's a part of our culture and uh, it's super important to the owners and management of the business. So um, I've mentioned it before, happy customers create more happy customers. But, you know, don't lie to me. I mean, lying to me is just a childish, petty move. You tell me you don't want to shop with me, you want to buy somewhere else, I'm a thousand percent okay with that. It doesn't bother me. But I will tell you that people will come up with some outlandish tales to get out of coming to see you or to get out of uh, talking to you or on the phone or uh, to escape once they're actually looking at a car that they do like and that they do like the numbers on just because they get a little scared or something. Um, most of the time, the most funny ones come from uh, calling people on the phone. Um, as I've mentioned before, I make well over 100 phone calls every single day through dedication, and um, it's super important to try to touch base with as many people as you can. The more people you touch base with, the more cars you'll sell. So kind of an old saying, the more hands you shake, the more deals you'll make, and uh, that comes along with the territory. But, you know, some of the funniest ones come from over the phone. I've called customers before, and they pick up the phone, and they say something outlandish like, sorry, I'm in surgery, I'll have to call you back later. Like, what? Like, you're in surgery? <laughs> you getting your belly cut open right now or something? Why did you answer the phone? Like, you can't really say what you want to say to these people. You you have to be able to, to filter what's going through your brain, which for me was a learned process because I don't have much of a filter. I wanted to be like, bitch, say what? Like, you're in surgery? <laughs> like, that's fucking crazy for you to even answer the phone. A very, very common one is, uh, I'm at the doctor's office and we're not supposed to be on the phone right now. What? Why did you answer the phone? That's crazy talk. Like, you don't answer the phone if you're not supposed to answer the phone. If you're doing something important, um, you know, don't answer the phone. You know, very frequently you get the excuse, I'm in a meeting right now or I'm at work right now. Um, I've literally spoke to somebody on the phone where I could hear the wind whipping and the seagulls in the background. We do live at a beach community. I know what that sounds like. I mean, the beach is literally right down the road from me. Um, I probably could have uh, worked just a hair to pinpoint where that person was and try to show up at the beach to see them. Like, um, you know, maybe I'd use like a, a special seagull radar to determine the pitch of the seagulls uh, squawk to find out, hey, that's Carolina Beach or Wrightsville Beach. Um, that's that's a joke. You know, I'm not that ridiculous. But that being said, you know, I've literally spoken to somebody on the phone with the seagulls squawking in the background. And they tell me, hey, I'm at work right now. I'll have to call you back later. And of course, with those people, you never get a call back later. Um, it's exceptionally rare. It's almost as rare as someone walking onto your lot and talking to you about the car and then leaving um, and then never showing back up. I think uh, the statistic on that is somewhere around like 7%. Like that's one of the reasons why car salesmen in general, as a general rule, are so ultra aggressive with their customers because they know if they've got them in front of them and they walk out and leave, they probably won't come back. 
That being said, my return rate is a hair higher than the national average, but that's because I initiate a very low-pressure, laid-back response. I do understand that car buying can be very stressful. Uh, honestly, buying a lot of things, especially things that you may not have known that you needed to buy at the time, can be very stressful. And it doesn't really have to be. So I try to make it a little bit more fun. Um, I'm that guy that's loud and, you know, I make a big deal out of things and do some really crazy stuff. Um, there's some situations where I challenge myself to see how far I can push it with people. Because as I said before, you should be able to know your customer very quickly um, and be able to, you know, talk to them in the way that they talk or, you know, um, understand what you can and can't get away with when you speak to them. It's really not about what you say, it's about how you say it. And that's a very important process. Um, of course, there is a margin of error for that for everybody. I've messed up plenty of times where I've said something to somebody and it's just turned out horribly wrong. Um, I believe one time I told a person, um, my mama used to always tell me, son, you have, you have a champagne taste with a beer budget. And, uh, the customer took that completely the wrong way. I think they were looking at like a $60,000 car and they really had like a $30,000 budget. Um, it's absolutely shocking how little people know about math, um, because math really only works one way. And uh, that math says that you can't have a $400 payment on a $60,000 car with no money out of pocket. It just cannot work. I mean, you factor in 0% at 84 months, and you're still at like an $800 or $900 payment on a car like that. Um, then you really have to factor in interest because nobody's going to give you 0% for 84 months. Um, all that aside... Uh, some of the crazy stories that people come up with are just really fun. Um, I mentioned the surgery one. I mentioned the broken ribs. Um, doctor's offices. Uh, we joke around a lot, a lot about it. And we say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll walk into the office and tell my bosses uh, they're making the escape excuses. Um, and I normally say, you know, the sky is blue. The grass is green. I got a chicken on the stove. Uh, I have to walk my dog. Um, in most cases... Um, a lot of uh, men will use the excuse, I have to talk to my wife about it. In which situation, you should be able to know how much you can get away with saying that guy. Uh, one of my favorites is really, I'll, I'll say, you mean you came to a car dealership without telling your wife? And all of the men say the same thing. No, she knows I'm here. And I'll say, oh, well, then she knows you're looking at cars and you know you're looking at buying one. Did she set a budget for you? Which, you know, a lot of men, you know, very prideful beings that men are, they'll say, no, she didn't set a budget for me. She trusts me to do what's right or whatever. And I'll say, well, then we should be good to go. And give your wife a call on the phone. You can talk to her about it and see what she thinks. Um, the much more aggressive approach that I've actually heard done before um, it's by a much more seasoned veteran than me. Uh, was, well, sir, it sounds like you are the wife. And uh, that does not go over well in any situation. You should really never do that. But it is hilarious to be heard. Some excuses that people make are much more practical sounding. Like, I'm just here to look around. Or, 
you know, I'm just browsing. Uh, people that are just browsing or just looking around are actually looking at buying something. Like, you don't just go to Walmart and wander around unless you're like a people watcher, which at a car dealership or, you know, somewhere that's selling something, there's really normally not a lot of people to really watch. I will admit that I do like people watching places at like uh, Walmart and stuff. But normally if I show up at Walmart, I'm looking to buy something, whether it be food or you know a stick of deodorant or anything. But it is fun to people watch while you're there. But, uh, you know, that's that old joke. If God didn't have a sense of humor, go to the mall and just look at people, you know. It's uh, pretty fun sometimes. Just try it out sometime. But at a, somewhere, you know, Highline with a lot of uh, expensive items, jewelry store, you know. Um, you know, maybe sometimes people do go to just kind of wish, but at the same time, that wish is a desire to do something, is a desire to buy something there. Um, I have heard of, uh, entrepreneurs and philanthropists that are very successful now, um, say that they used to go to, you know, like a Porsche store and just look around just to kind of build that dream vision to be able to, you know, imagine themselves in a Porsche one day or a Rolls Royce or a Mercedes Benz or something. Um, that is a thing, but that is an exceptionally rare outliner. Um, you don't show up at the Honda store to, to dream about being in a Honda. Um, most of the time, it really means that you want to buy something. So a lot of times when a customer is, you know, on the lot and they're looking at something and they look at me and tell me, I'm just looking I can respond in a lot of different ways. One of my favorite techniques is just to say, um, well, Christopher Columbus was looking, and look what he found. Normally, that gets a great laughter out of people. Um, I've never had that one backfire, so feel free to use it if you're in the business. Um, you know, a little bit, you know, a hair more aggressive, you can say, I'm looking to, I'm looking to sell something. Um, that's, you know, one that a lot of the vets use. It's pretty good. I do like the Christopher Columbus thing, but, you know, it's just because a lot of times people do understand that he was looking for something different and then found something that everybody really wanted. That being said, some of the other excuses uh, are normally after numbers come out. You know, when you show them, you know, um, four or $500 payment and their budget's really $300 or something. Uh, which is, you know, and especially in this market, it's not really a real thing anymore. Those payments were left back in, you know, the early 2000s, um, you know, on up into, you know, the 2010s, 2015s at the most. Uh, it's just the price of everything is rising, and it's not necessarily inflation. You know, on average, um, the price of a new car rises a couple of percentages a year, you know, even even if it was, let's say, you know, 1%. You know, what's 1% on a $20,000 car, you know? It means every year that $20,000 car is going up 200 bucks in cost. So, you know, over the course of five years, that car is $1,000 more than it used to be. So, you know, from your 2017 Kia Soul to your 2022, there's about a $1,000 price increase at just what's even suggested to sell the car at let alone whether or not you have incentives or anything from factories or coupons or anything like that. So 
you should expect a price increase every year. So I do tell my customers frequently, in most cases, it is better to move forward now rather than later because it's just going to cost them more money if they wait. Um, in this market, with the chip shortage and everything, uh, you know, if you don't buy something, it's gone the next day. And in this market, that's not a sales tactic or a pitch or anything. It's literally the truth of the world. It's a here-today-gone-tomorrow kind of business. And that stands for a lot of products right now. Uh, mostly products that require semiconductor chips. Um, there's a shortage for everything that requires a semiconductor chip. Um, I've done a little bit of studying about it to figure out what the problems are um, so that I can better articulate it to people. Um, I'll tell you a few things that have happened. First off, COVID. I know that sounds like a lame excuse right now. Um, but, you know, the factory shut down a couple of times due to COVID outbreaks. They can't help that. Um, one of the other reasons is manufacturers for cars scaled back ordering. They thought during the pandemic that people would buy less cars, but it actually turned out that they bought more. Um, a lot of people call it retail therapy. People will buy something nice to make themselves feel better. Um, a lot of people do that every day without even know it, knowing it. Um, that's why stores like gas stations, uh, convenience stores, things like that, uh, make so much profit off of stuff like that because you're walking through the store and you'll see that that candy bar that costs them like 20 cents to get. You know, it's a dollar ninety nine, and you're like, that's going to make me feel good if I buy that and eat it. Um, you know, chocolate and sweets and things like that send endorphins to the brain that make you feel good. They've done studies in lab rats that show that a lab rat would rather eat sugar than cocaine, which is absolutely wild to think about. They fill one bowl up with cocaine water and one bowl up with sugar water, and the rats would eat the sugar water first every time. However, um, that's called impulse buying, and most people do it without ever even knowing it. Uh, you do it on like QVC. You do it at Walmart when you've seen the, the as-seen-on-TV product that you think you can't live without. That's why they put all the candy bars and you know stuff right by the register because they know if you walk past it, you're liable to pick it up and buy it. Um, and, they, and the stores, you know, I actually worked for Walmart briefly. They actually call it that. They'll be like, go fill up the impulse aisle, which means, you know, go restock the stuff in the aisles that, you know, people just kind of grab when they're waiting in line or whatever. And, you know, every store does that. You know, you go to a gas station and you walk up to the register. Gosh, there's so much stuff up there. Um, like I said, mostly candy and sweets uh, because that stuff's cheap and people love to buy it. Anyway, I'm just getting a little bit off topic about the buyers, you know, being liars, but that's what they'll do to you. They, they will lie to you because they don't have any sense of loyalty to you. Um, you're expected all the loyalty in the world to them, but they have none to you. So that being said, your objective is to really be more likable than the next guy. If you're super likable and they happen to not buy anything from you and they leave... Uh, the next guy that's an absolute douchebag to them, uh, you know, they're not going to buy anything from him. They're going to come back to you because they liked you. I had some customers come in. This is not too long ago at all. This is within like the last week. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually 
received a Facebook ban for several days uh, because of suspected terrorist activity because I told this story on Facebook. And uh, it's not even a real story because what I said isn't even a real thing. Um, so that being said, uh, the customers came in and they were complete assholes to me immediately. Um, I worked on them for a little bit and they started to lighten up and the lady looked at me and she said, uh, Jason, I just wanted to apologize. We were a little bit rude to you when we first came in. We were at another place and we had an absolute terrible experience. The salesman was an asshole. We didn't like him. Um, and, you know, they broke it all down for me. And I said, you know, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. You know, I'm one out of nine children. I tell them, I have, six, I have six younger sisters. There's nothing you can do to offend me. It's already been done before. I've already been tortured. None of that matters to me. So we talked for a little while, and uh, we found the car they liked, and we came down the numbers. And uh, I pushed the numbers in front of them, and I said, hey, this is a one-time offer. I said, if you buy this car from me right now, we will allow you to shoot a Panzer missile at that other dealership. And the gentleman looked at me and said, where do we sign? So I actually told that story on Facebook and they banned me for a few days for suspected terrorist activity. A Panzer missile is not a real thing to the best of my knowledge. It's my understanding a Panzer refers to a tank, not a missile. So uh, it was pretty funny to me that they, that they banned me for it. Um, I do do a lot of business on social media, whether it be like TikTok, which Magic Lasagna is my TikTok name. Go ahead and uh, give me a follow. I post videos about work. I post videos about my family. Um, I post just overall funny stuff. Sometimes I go live just to answer questions for people. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a question about a science that I don't know about or you know anything. You ask me a question, I'll try to answer it. Um, there's an old saying, you know, if you can't blind them with your brilliance, baffle them with your bullshit, I can walk through almost anything. I know a little bit about a lot of stuff, but not a lot of stuff about a little bit of stuff. So, um, most people have heard Jack of all trades, master of none, but they haven't ever really finished that quote out. That quote kind of dies after that because people don't know the rest of the quote. The rest of the quote is, but better a Jack of all trades than a master of none. Which uh, says a lot. It's a, uh, you know, you should be able to talk about anything to people, be able to weave in and out of situations. Uh, when I was in high school, I could fit in with any crowd. I'd be standing with the goths one minute and hanging out with the jocks the next. And it's just because of the type of personality that I have. Um, I'm very well at blending in and being able to speak about most subjects no matter what. So if you ever do see me go live on TikTok, uh, tune in and ask me a question. It doesn't really much matter about what it is. Honestly, most of the time, if I don't know the answer, I will just say I don't know. Um, it's a pretty easy answer. It's still an answer, right? So that being said, if I don't know the answer, I'm just going to say I don't know. But in most cases, I can talk a little bit about most subjects. Um, and as far as the, the buyers go, the buyers being liars, they don't do it to be obnoxious. Uh, in most cases, they do it because they're fearful. Um, they understand, you know, some people just understand that they're uh, very emotionally connected to something and that they need to back away from it. Um, and that triggers, you know, your flight or f uh, fight response when you become emotionally uh, connected to something. And uh, the normality is 
that most people will initiate that flight response instead of a fight response. Most people will. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Fight Club, um, there's a scene where they go around trying to pick fights with people, and most people won't fight them um, because most people aren't really geared for it. Uh, it's just a fact of life. Most, most people will try to escape from a situation rather than fight the situation. And in my business, you know, the fight would be a negotiation. The flight would be telling me that your chicken is boiling over on your stove and you have to get home immediately because your house might burn down or, you know, whatever it is. With that being said, I'm going to wrap this up tonight. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to call or text me, 910-515-0890. Uh, That's my direct cell phone number. I will take time on my day to respond to you. Or um, you can email me at magiclasagna at magiclasagna.com. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I hope that you're successful. But at, at the end of the day, I don't really care because no matter how successful you are, I will always be successful.